Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Friday Press Box on the run home. Yes, indeed it is. And delighted to have joining us on the Friday Press Box today a very patient Ollie Ritchie, who I think has just had to sit there and listen to you uh, talk about your factory workers, Beeve, for a wee while before we got to him. So appreciate that, Ollie. Yeah, no worries at all. I was actually trying to find a quiet meeting room in the newsroom to take this call as well. So it's probably a good thing that you you came to us later. Otherwise, there might have been some... uh, background noise out of the News Hub newsroom. Oh, we could have kept an ear out for any scoops going on in the News Hub newsroom at the moment, but that's all right, that's all right. Look, let's get on to our topics for today, and we're going to start with cricket, fellas, Uh, not least because of the Aussie Test squad that was announced earlier today. But first things first, uh, Ollie, I'll start with you. Does the beatdown that the Black Caps have put on a rather poor South African unit put us in good stead for the Aussies? Uh, yes and no, I think, Kim. I think it, it was, yes, it was a beatdown. Yes, it was a, a, a C team that came out here. But it was really valuable time uh, out in the middle for, for some key players. Like, obviously, that 200 from Rafton Ravindra uh, was a superb knock. Uh, but, like, to get Kane Williamson back out there with runs under his belt, like, he may as well have been facing high school net bowlers. But... <laughs> That almost doesn't really matter. He's just had so many injuries over the last wee while that it was actually probably really good for him to just have extended time in the middle. Same with Kyle Jamieson. He's had a lot of injuries lately. So for him to actually get overs under his belt is actually really valuable uh, heading into what is going to be a much tougher test series against, against Australia. You can't read too much into the result. They should have hammered them inside three days, if we're honest. That was just a woeful uh, test side that came out here and, frankly, an, an embarrassment for South African cricket to even call that team uh, a test team. But I think if you look at it from a Black Caps perspective, valuable time in the middle for some really key players who are going to be really important to that Australian series. Beve, what about for you? Was this or was the test that we've just seen basically a glorified warm-up for the Aussie series? And if so, do you think it did any good for the Black Caps? Oh, I mean, as Ollie mentioned, I think it certainly did some good for a few of the boys who have uh, been out for a while. You've got to also give them credit from the point of view is for about two months, the cricketing world's been telling them that they are up against the rebel. They are up against uh, C team, as, uh, as Ollie put it. And uh, they went out there and they professionally did the job and uh, we all know cricket doesn't matter how good you are and who you're playing you could get rolled by a backyard bowler as far as you only get one opportunity in cricket if uh, you make a mistake so they went out they did the job and uh, I mean it's, it's a little bit like uh, when I guess they go on tour well they used to go on tour and they'd have a couple of 
um, local games or provincial or invitation teams that play before the big stuff. So it actually does bode well. Unfortunately, in this in this circumstances, we've got a massive T20 uh, series in the middle of it all. <laughs> um, but so you don't lead straight into the <laughs> test series. But uh, in in that mindset, I think uh, it's still they're still doing a job and they'll do go and do it again in Hamilton. Let's talk about. The Aussies, as you've mentioned, there is that T20 series uh, as well, but they've named their test squad today, and boy, is it a ripper. When you look at those names, I'll read them out uh, just in case people have not, in fact, heard this one yet, but Pat Cummins to captain, obviously, Scott Boland, Alex Carey, Cameron Green, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Usman Khawaja, Manus Lubbershane, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Marsh, Michael Nessa, which is maybe slightly surprising, Matthew Renshaw, Steve Smith, and Mitchell Stark. Uh, Ollie, when you saw that squad, did it test your faith in the caps at all? Oh, absolutely not. God, what, that squad? Those names? Come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> Against the likes of Williamson and Ravindra, please. No, it excited me, to be honest. I think this is what everyone wanted, right? Like, those, those tests are, are already on their way to being sold out because of who was coming over. And imagine the fizz if it had been sort of what South Africa had done. But I think to get a full-strength Australian team over here is a perfect test in our conditions as well. No punishing Aussies in the crowd, maybe one or two uh, in Wellington. But like, I think that's actually a really good test for the Black Caps. You want to play against the best, you know, for, for Latham and, and Conway, who both are probably a little bit short of runs at the moment. You know, you're facing Stark and Cummins with a new ball. You know, what can you do in home conditions? You know, at Hagley Oval, a place Tom Latham just oozes runs. You know, imagine getting your form back and, and getting back into good nick against those guys, what that's going to do for your confidence. So, uh, look, it's going to be a huge test, don't get me wrong. And this is not going to be uh, a cakewalk or, or a guaranteed series win uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but it really excites me. And I think it will excite the Black Caps as well, knowing that's the sort of test that's to come. Beef, what about for you? Does it excite you too or does it give you a creeping case of anxiety? No, I'm excited by this. We're all excited by it. But as a Black Cat fan, it is tough not to have a little bit of fear when it comes to Australian quicks. <laughs> yeah. Australian quicks have Correct. always been our Achilles heel and they are coming over with Mitch uh, Stark and him coming off the long run-up terrifies me historically. Uh, yes, we've probably got a top five, which would challenge the top five, I think, of probably any Black Cat top five we've ever had. However, that has still got to be proven not to be our Achilles heels in big games versus Australia, uh, being out of score runs against extreme quality pace. Yeah, I think when you say Mitchell Stark, even though it's a different format, everyone just gets the judders from that World Cup final in 15. It just, that's that's all everyone's memories will flash back to. Mitchell Stark opening the bowling. Oh, uh, Potentially sold out as well, Hagley Oval. Uh, Basin Reserve is sold out for the first test. Almost Hagley for the second one. Beave, test cricket, surely, alive and well. Oh, it is. And we've talked about this at great lengths, obviously, after the last couple of weeks. But again, it's blockbuster test cricket. Yeah. I mean... This would have sold out probably Eden Park for a day or two because, quite simply, for Black Caps fans, and Ollie obviously has one, you're obviously one too, Kim, we have had home summers of Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Pakistan and West Indies for the best part of two decades, and the New Zealand cricket fan was sick of it. And thankfully, the Aussies are jumping on a plane. It is brilliant. 
It is brilliant. And I will say, Ollie and I maybe already have our tickets uh, for Hagley Oval as well. It actually it happens to fall that test uh, on the same weekend as our wedding anniversary. So what better way to Beautiful. be able to spend it than on the banks at Hagley? It will be glorious. Uh, let's move on to a bit of Super Rugby. Pre-season, Ollie. Uh, pre-season overseas. We've got teams in Japan. We've got teams in Europe. Do you think this is the new norm? And thank you for the reminder. When was the wedding anniversary again? <laughs> <laughs> that my mind. Day three. Um, day three. That'll be, that'll oh, be solo at this, right? Good to know. Great, great. Good to know. Good to know. Um, sorry, what was the question again? Uh, yeah, very, very good question. Uh, no, so, uh, pre-season, Super Rugby, teams overseas, is this the new norm, was the question. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, probably. I, I think every, you talk to any Super Rugby CEO, New Zealand Rugby hierarchy, this is where it has to go. They all, they all know that. Um, hopefully it's in a more meaningful capacity than, than just pre-season going forward, though. Like, I think everyone knows that there's, the Club World Cup or whatever they're going to call it on the horizon and that's where I think Super Rugby needs to go. You know, you go north and then you go north again to see, you know, like the Crusaders up against Saracens or Leicester or whoever it might be um, in that sort of environment. Whereas at the moment, I think we're getting um, mediocre teams in Japan, apart from the Wild Knights last week who put out quite a good team against the Chiefs actually. Um, we get mediocre yes, teams in you. Japan, and and the, and the, the Super Rugby teams aren't really playing their All Blacks, bar of course Anton and Caleb this week. So I think we'd like to see it happen, but probably not in this capacity. You know, I think they can keep preseason as preseason's always been here, but we want to see it go uh, overseas at the conclusion of Super Rugby, playing for something meaningful when they can can fit it in essentially. Beef, would you be behind that? Yeah, I, I, I get the, the concept of the World Club Challenge and all that, and if they can fit it in, fantastic. Uh, it needs a shot in the arm, and obviously clearly looking at the crowds that Munster and the Crusaders pulled, mm. there's an appetite for it. But from a player point of view, I mean, and from a economics point of view and all the rest of it, why wouldn't you make pre-season this the norm? If someone's going to give these, uh, these franchises and New Zealand Rugby Union a wee clip of the ticket for these essentially exhibition games, which in New Zealand would run at a massive loss just to open gates and have security and have hot dog vendors, uh, why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you make this the norm? Um, looking at the success of it all, I would think there won't be any Kiwi teams playing in New Zealand pre-season next year. And, and yep, that might do away with a few of the, uh, the provincial visits, and they might still have that last one, which I think obviously all of them are doing. Mm. But why wouldn't you? It just makes sense. The boys probably love it. You get your group together. Um, you can't beat travelling as a team to bring uh, to bring a team together with culture and all the rest of it. You're living out of each other's pockets. And they don't do it anymore. Now they just have two-day weekends with each other where the days of the three weeks in Africa, best times of your life. And uh, and now they get to do this in even more relaxed settings mm. in, uh, in Tokyo or as the boys are doing in Europe at the moment. So... No, I think I think if there's appetites for teams to host them, and yeah, it's a B-grade monster that they put out, you know, with the Irish international away. But you tell you what, it brings in forty thousand, and they can probably charge him forty quid a ticket. And so, hopefully, some of that money goes to the Crusaders and New Zealand. Then why not?
Yeah. Uh, Beef, we spoke about this earlier, yeah, but Ollie, I'll put it to you as well. The the downside in pre-season, there are always going to be injuries of some description, uh, I suppose, but the big names this time around, Patrick Tuipulotu, Lee Halfpenny, does that change your thoughts in terms of who you think might be there at the pointy end of the Super Rugby season? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I, I don't I don't consider Lee Halfpenny the backbone of the Crusaders by, by any stretch of the imagination. I think he would have added a lot and certainly... Um, he's, he's, a, he's a wise old head um, to have in that group. Um, you know, Patrick is going to be back at, at some point during the year. Um, but I still see the Chiefs at the top um, as they were last year. You know, I think they've got a great squad. Uh, they've got, yes, they've lost a lot without, you know, Sam and Brody and, and Brad there. But, you know, I think this, the guys like Anton and Luke and Damien are ready to step up and, and lead that team. And they've got a great young core there as well. So I, I still see the Chiefs being right there at the end. I think the Crusaders will be right there at the end as well. Uh, and, you know, the, the Blues will get Patrick back. So, um, no, it doesn't really change who I think will be there at the, at the pointy end of the season at all. Uh, really, uh, you know, what I'm most interested to know is, is how those sort of young Crusaders teams are going to go steering that ship. You know, there's a gaping hole in that Crusaders team without Richie Moanga there. So, you know, there's going to be some interesting uh, narratives to watch um, play out there, but certainly still see yeah, the, the Chiefs, Crusaders, Blues right there at the end. I tell you what, there has been a wonderful show of objectivity uh on the run home <laughs> this afternoon, this afternoon I think, with yourself talking about the Chiefs there, Beave earlier, uh, you wouldn't have heard it, but he was he was singing the praises of the depth of the Crusaders, uh, and then caught himself oh. caught himself uh, doing briefly. it very briefly, very briefly, and then said, "I've got to, I've got to stop because Ollie Ritchie's on the show later." But no, it's it's good good objectivity, fellas. I'm enjoying it. Uh, feel free to be less objective for the next one because, of course, last but not least, we do need to talk about a Super Bowl. Uh, to both of you, we'll start with you, Beave. Team Taylor or Team 49ers? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go where my wallet is, so I'm gonna have to be on Taylor. But I don't like the fact that one of the world's biggest sporting events is like a dodgy horse race where it's been on the fix. And by all accounts, this is certain. This is done. This is Biden affected. This is everything America, Netflix, docos will tell us about in 20 years' time how Super Bowl 45 was won. Something, something Pfizer, something, something Mm. Biden, something, something Taylor Swift. Mm. Right, Ollie, are you Team Taylor or Team 49ers? I didn't take you as such a conspiracy theorist, Steve. Uh, to be honest, I, um, um, I think I'm team. I'm team Patrick Mahomes. I think that guy oozes class, and I think he's going to win the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's, and I think Taylor will be there on the on the field at the end as well. Cause, you know, all the cameras will probably pan to her. So I'm going. Um, I'm going Kansas City. Uh, I haven't actually looked at the odds. I don't think they're favourites. I think they might be very slight outsiders. Two dollars five. Two dollars oh five. Well, if you're looking for a beef's best, I would get <laughs> on the boosted Patrick Mahomes to win the Super Bowl MVP. I think you're getting two fifty for that 250. because if the Chiefs 
if the Chiefs win, you can bet Mahomes is going to win MVP. So instead of taking the two dollars oh five on the Chiefs, take the two fifty uh, on Mahomes to win MVP. Better living, everybody. <laughs> Ollie Ritchie, they're making a bid for Brendan Popperwell's slot. I think in this show, yeah. that's all right. You can be a regular. <laughs> uh, and just last but not least, uh, on the show we have been talking about how much I am frothing Usher at halftime. Like, just speaks to me. Maybe it's my generation. I'm not sure. Jacob and Beef, not so much. Wouldn't buy tickets for it. Uh, but to both of you and Beef, I'll start with you. If you could pick at one halftime show. Show, performer, mm. who who would it be? Oh, uh, I can only go off concerts and effort they have given me as a paying customer in the past, and it would have to be the Foo Fighters. Oh, nice! Ooh. Bit of Dave Grohl there for you. What are yes. you? What about you, Ollie? Yeah, yeah, I can see. I can understand the Foo Fighters, but I can imagine they would put on a very good show. See, like I, I froth Ed Sheeran live. I just think he is incredible, yes. and he has the audience eating. I mean, I'm a massive Ed Sheeran. I've seen him live about five, six times, but he just puts on a show. It's like you, you think it's just him and his guitar, but it's just so much more than that, and he just captivates the audience for you know three hours or, or whatever it is. So I'd go Ed because I think it. Absolutely turn it on at a, at a half, uh, Super Bowl halftime show. I love it. I love both of those options. Pitch them both to Super Bowl, please, next time, both of you. I uh, appreciate <laughs> it. Very much appreciate your time. Ollie, we'll let you get back to work. Beave, appreciate your time on the panel, as always, uh, as well. Yeah. That was our press box here for this Friday. If you've got anything you'd like to add to the conversation, give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Temper and Bedpost's range of mattresses at adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort.